Welcome back to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast, the podcast for HVAC contractors who are ready to quit screwing around and begin growing their business. My name is Eric Thomas, and I am the host of the show. And this podcast is powered by Rival Digital, which is a full-service digital marketing agency for HVAC contractors. What's going on, everybody? Before we dive into this episode, I wanted to talk to you about Service World Expo 2021. It's coming up from September the 21st through the 24th in Louisville, Kentucky, and you guys are not going to want to miss this conference. It is going to be the conference of the year. Trust me, there's going to be over 2,000 contractors there. There's going to be dozens and dozens of partners and other vendors there. There's going to be breakout sessions, workshops, and some special keynote speeches, and you're going to walk away with the knowledge and the insight that you need to grow your business in 2022. So if you want to learn more, head over to serviceworldexpo.com and register today. I'll see you there. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast. My name is Eric Thomas. I'm the host of the show. Uh, If you're listening to this live, then um, you didn't get to hear the pre-show little announcement. Uh, If you're listening to this in the future, I apologize because you're about to hear this again. Um, Service World Expo is coming up September 21st through the 24th, and we will be attending. Uh, We're super excited to get to connect with contractors uh, across the country, get to connect with some of our clients, uh, and just learn while we're there. Uh, So we're really excited for that. Uh, We hope to see you while we're there. If you're going to be there, let us know. We'll be at booth 1401C. I'll be recording some podcasts, and we will be uh, just hanging out, chatting. I'll be uh, actually a panelist on the recruitment workshop panel. I think it's Thursday morning at 9 a.m., so if you want to learn about recruitment, come come in there and and say hello. And also, Schedule Engine will be there, which is a really cool uh, tool for contractors to use to help uh, speed up the scheduling process for new leads uh, and turn them into customers quicker. And so for that reason, we brought over my good friend, Alyssa from Schedule Engine to come talk to us. So Alyssa, hello. Welcome to the show. Awesome. Hello, Eric. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So Alyssa, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself uh, for our listeners out there and then tell them a little bit about Schedule Engine. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you, Eric. Um, Hello, listeners. My name is Alyssa. I am an account exec over at Schedule Engine. Um, And in the simplest terms of of what we do, our whole goal is really to improve the lives of contractors and provide contractors with a solution and the tools that really allow them to meet their customers' expectations. And like Eric alluded to earlier, really streamline that booking process for not only the contractor themselves, but the customers. So um, knowing that there's challenging business functions every contractor runs into day-to-day seasonally, um, our whole goal really is to increase that productivity and and allow you all to have the tools in your back pocket to really meet those expectations that your customers are are asking for. Yeah. So traditionally, how it's kind of worked with websites and uh, the online booking process is somebody... Um, goes on Google, they search for an HVAC contractor near me. Uh, the contractor's ad shows up because they're running Google local service ads through Rival Digital, and we did a good job and made your ad show up. The person clicks on it, um, and 
Well, actually, let's pretend this is just a regular search ad because this is how it usually works. So they click on the search ad, which was ran by Rival Digital, uh, and they go to the website, which was built by Rival Digital. Uh, loads fast, mobile friendly, all that good stuff. <laughs> the lead then um, reads through the information. They're kind of looking for whatever services they're trying to find. They find the service. They find the information they need. Then they decide, all right, I'm going to contact this company. So traditionally, they would either call them directly uh, which a lot of people don't like doing, or they would fill out a contact form and then sit on their hands and wait for the company to get back to them. So how does schedule engine help make this process easier for the user uh, and then more beneficial, I guess, for the contractor as well? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I kind of like to think of it as that process you just mentioned, schedule engine really runs kind of the last lap of the race. So when you think about all those other channels and how customers find their contractors now, like you mentioned, it's over the phone and they're picking up the phone because that's probably the quickest way for them to actually get on that dispatch board. Mm -hmm. um, most channels like the form fills and the chats, a lot of times contractors just get leads, which when your CSRs are already inundated and the phones are ringing off the hooks, giving them a pile of papers to uh, follow up on doesn't necessarily create efficiencies. So yeah. um, what Schedule Engine does is it really acts as an extension of your team and as a digital CSR. So most often, I'm sure we've all run into those form fills where it as you enter all your contact info, and then there's a big uh, kind of intimidating empty box. And mm -hmm. when you're not the expert in what you're reaching out for help on, it can be a little cumbersome to try to figure out what is a consumer you have to put in there. You know, I have mm -hmm. no AC. That's why I'm calling you. But yeah. from the contractor's perspective, there's a lot of different qualifications and there's a lot of different kind of discovery their CSRs do when they have that opportunity to talk to a customer on the phone. So with Schedule Engine, we build it out to essentially mimic that exact conversation the CSRs are having, um, take customers down various flows based on that high level issue and some of the, I guess what you could say, qualifying criteria of their issue is, um, and then actually show what that contractor has available in real time. So kind of, I, I always like to say it's similar to like a ZocDoc or, or, or a platform like that, but yeah. for contractors. So you're simply, instead of getting a request and putting that conversion on your CSRs, Schedule Engine is actually converting that lead right then and there and popping that customer over to you on that board and, and have all that information on the forefront so your team's not playing phone tag, which uh, we know nobody loves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess the, yeah, the goal is definitely to minimize the amount of you know back and forths you have to do. So I'm sure a lot of people listening to this right now who are kind of gone the traditional route and have two or three CSRs are probably wondering, well, what do I do with my CSRs once I have Schedule Engine set up with my marketing? So what is the role do the CSR kind of shift to when Schedule Engine is helping, I guess, book the customers? Yeah. So um, the things they do best, which are those high touch, very high priority scenarios. So there's some customers who won't do business with companies if they have to pick up the phone and talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. It's simply not their preferred way of doing it. It doesn't mean that that contract or that company is you know, better or worse. It's just that's not how the customer wants to interact. So when we think about what a lot of times gets pushed to the side in any business when teams of CSRs are busy, it's, you know, that personal touch after you do an install, it's that follow-up, it's calling that customer who maybe didn't have a great experience the first time and you're now trying to continue and build that relationship with. So um, I would say from a, a starting point, it's, it's those things that you can't really automate. It's, it's the aspect of being a CSR that is really crucial when it comes to companies. Um, but then also I would say the secondary piece of that is they're able to now have a lot taken off of their plate. 
So when it comes to still being able to assign the technicians or adjust the schedule when someone's job runs over, um, those pieces that impact their day-to-day and ultimately that customer's appointment, they're able to focus the time and energy on versus trying to call five leads and play phone tag all day for somebody who might have already moved on or is just never going to be that person that will be receptive to a phone call. Yeah. So how does the how does the process work for it as far as implementation goes, like start to finish? Can you give us a, uh, a visual a visualization of what that looks like? Yeah, absolutely. So um, what I typically say is bring your CSRs in, bring your owners in, bring your marketers in and let's build this out in terms of what that conversation looks like. Um, you know, we obviously have the bones of the scheduler. There's, there's a lot of nuances to each business, but there's also a lot of similarities. And so we really sit down with the contractor and understand, you know, what their specific flow looks like. What questions are you asking? What exceptions to the rule? If you guys are booked for a week and a half, would your CSR make? And how can we make sure schedule engine makes it on the front end? So we really understand their business processes and their flow and those rules that they set up based on some of that dispatch software, knowing that's kind of the guiding, uh, the guiding force of every contractor out there. Um, and really just understand what that looks like for them and where those pain points are in terms of where their CSRs are spending a lot of time. You know, sometimes it's great. We quickly call the customers. They confirm we're good to go. Others, it's, you know, we can't get customers to stop canceling their appointments three days later or they book with us and then they keep searching around and, and find somebody sooner. So it really is understanding what those pain points are for each of them and knowing Schedule Engine has a couple different components, how we can set that up to make the most sense for them based on how they're doing things internally, because we're really trying to be as minimally invasive as we can when it comes to um, having to do any heavy lifting or, you know, reinventing the process. They're in these businesses day in and day out. They know them like the back of their hand. We know schedule engine like the back of our hand. So it's, it's figuring out a way to marry the two based on, on kind of how that contract was operating now and, and where there's opportunities for, for streamlining and, and making more efficiencies. Yeah. I really like that. It's uh, you guys start with, you know, like a boilerplate or a framework that is, you know, the same, obviously, but you're able to customize it uh, to what I guess what their particular customers need uh, versus just throwing a copy and paste solution on everybody's website. Um, So so what are some examples of, I guess, of like workflows or uh, user experience flows that you guys have seen in the past that are pretty common? Yeah, absolutely. So um, kind of leading off the last point, everybody's workflows are different, but Mm -hmm. before we automate anything, we have to understand how it works manually. And so when we think of those CSRs and those conversations, it's, you know, the dead of summer, it's, I'm in Chicago, it's 95 degrees still in August. I don't know how, but, you know, contractors I talk to every day say we're booked three days out. And if somebody comes on here and wants us to come fix their no pool, if I'm booked three days out, where is that customer going to go? If you're reading what my dispatch software says, how do I make sure that customer doesn't go elsewhere? So um, it's a lot about kind of figuring out what those priority levels are for contractors, um, building the workarounds to say, hey, you know, maybe you can't promise a certain day or a certain time for this customer, but we can open up a first available and they can choose that, allowing your team to make the flexibility and and choose what to shift on the back end. So um, I would say typical flows are, you know, we want to make sure we prioritize maintenance customers. So they may always get a uh, a sooner availability when it comes mm-hmm. to the calendar piece of it, or it's, you know, any unit above a certain amount of age, we always want to just show same day or next day. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a lot of those sort of, I probably have said nuances about 700 times in this, but it, it's truly what it is. It, it's kind of those, um, those trigger points, I would say, where if your CSR was on the phone and they're having a conversation and there's that one piece of information the customer gives that completely changes where they would maybe go in that schedule, really understanding those. But, um, Time of the year is huge. So I would say the most often it comes to 
let's make sure we can get them in so they don't go elsewhere because they don't see the day or the time that they want. So, yeah. So how does it work if, cause you know, obviously people still use the contact form on the website. They still go the manual route. Um, so how does it work if they manually enter a job into, you know, house call pro or service Titan, does it block off that time on the scheduling tool? Yes, it does. So um, currently with, with our Titan integration specifically, we're essentially reading that board based on the contractor's capacity. Um, every every contractor does vary. So based on how they have that set up, if they're using, you know, ACP or have some of those skills and, and trades broken down based on business units, um, we have the capability to essentially read those various breakdowns. So similar to the priority question you mentioned, or that I have alluded to earlier, it's, hey, you know, if, if you have a no AC that's 10 plus years old, that's going to correspond to a different job. And what we show on schedule engine can be different. So where those gaps lie, we're able to see and show the customer. But in the same regard, um, if they don't necessarily live there, there, there's ways that we can create the flexibility so that they do in those scenarios. Nice. Yeah. So I had like this random thought about schedule engine and how like, just from a marketing standpoint, and I'll go ahead and, and just do a little flashback for our listeners. If you remember uh, when I was talking with Luke Hansen over at Company Cam, I thought I had this million dollar idea for him and I was so excited to share it. And I was like, you guys need to do this. You need to have it where like when they do their projects, it goes to their website and it's like a portfolio. And he's like, oh, don't worry, that's already coming. And I was like, dang it. I thought I was going to like, <laughs> I don't know, be able to like be the one that said, hey, that's my idea. Um, so this is an idea that I thought would be cool. And I, I hope that I'm I hope that I'm onto something here. Um, so like if you go shopping on Amazon or any website in the world where you, you look at a, an item, you add it to your cart. Um, obviously when you leave the website and you don't buy it, you start getting a bunch of emails and ads and they're like, Hey, you left your cart, like come back and finish buying it. Is there a way with schedule engine? So if someone gets to like the very last step or they get to like, a particular step in the workflow and then they leave the website that it can fire off like a particular retargeting campaign? That's a great question. So um, I, I can't get all technical and development on you because I don't know any of that, but <laughs> down to the coding piece of it. But um, that is something that our product team is working on right now, knowing that sometimes when customers drop off, you don't have a lot of insight into why. Same thing yeah. as somebody submits a contact us form and never picks up your phone call you don't know why they're not picking it up. And so um, that is functionality that, especially as we work alongside marketing companies, is really key because in those those opportunities that might fall off, there can be room for that personal touch to bring that customer back. So um, I, I know that is on our product roadmap because just understanding more about your consumer is really, especially from where you sit, what everybody's trying to do. You know, yeah. how do our consumers interact? What is it that tips the scale? And um, I, I kind of like to say it's one of those where, if they want to get the call, that's great. Um, but knowing that there's some there's some technical pieces and, and some legal things on the back end, you got to make sure that you're also not overstepping um, and reaching out to somebody who didn't submit something for a reason. So um, yeah. definitely, definitely is something it, that's on our radar. Knowing sometimes that that personal touch can tip the scale there, and some people would appreciate it too. So yeah. So yeah. Laura, one of our listeners who's also a schedule engine, commented said scheduling and dispatching are truly an art and science. Agreed. You need a nuanced solution that balances both. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so I, I agree. You got to have like a balance like we were talking about uh, in the past uh, about the human side and then also like the technology side. Um, so 
what are some ways that contractors who are thinking about using Schedule Engine or beginning to implement Schedule Engine, what's a good way for them to balance the two so that they can um, increase their efficiencies while still remaining uh, to have that, you know, that human element to their business? Yeah, absolutely. So um, that's really something I would say that that kind of occurs for us during the onboarding process. It's understanding where those CSRs feel like they're spending too much time that could be automated. And most of that is, you know, I'm, I'm calling people back or our phones are ringing off the hooks and they're going to our answering service or a voicemail. And now there's this bucket of customers, you know, is trying to get a hold of you and you have to find time to get a hold of them. So yeah. um, a lot of that happens in terms of, of when we're onboarding clients, just understanding more of it. But I would say right off the cusp, a lot of it does just come down to that call volume. Any CSR I talk to nowadays is like, if you can help me take care of some of these calls in a way that is still going to get these customers on my board, that's what we want. You know, there, there's a lot more, um, I would say, openness to accepting that kind of consumer shift of realizing that the way we did business 20, 30 years ago across any industry is not what it is today. You know, there are those people that are only going to do business with companies that let them do it in the way they want to, how they want to, and when they want to. It's it's that aspect of time. And not only are your CSRs wanting it back, but the people who are trying to book with you also want it back. You know, they don't want to be playing yeah. phone with you all day. They have a life, they have a family, they have their own list of priorities, just like every contractor does. So mm-hmm. um, kind of focusing on that time piece of, of where are they spending their time and knowing that the sort of science part of it, um, we can help with by automating the art part where all these CSRs are talking to these guys day in and day out, know that, know them better than anybody else. Yeah, That's where really they're able to, to kind of excel and, and I would say take the reins, knowing that schedule engine can bring them everything they need to, to do that most effectively. Yeah. Yeah. I I personally don't like when it just requires a ton of phone calls and emails. And like, I reached out to a pest control company one time, like I went on their website and I filled out their, um, their chat widget and they're like, how can you help? Like, how can we help you? And I was like, I need, um, we had, we had some mice in our house. It was like two years ago. And I was like, uh, we had some mice. I'd like you guys to come, you know, do whatever you need to do to get rid of them. So then they were like, all right, what's your contact info? They got on my contact info. Then they emailed me and they were like, Hey, give us a call. And I was like, what, why did you just do that? Like, why did I go from like, I was about to, like, why couldn't I just schedule right there on the widget? And it went to, then they emailed me and said, call us. And then I didn't call them. I ended up going to a different company, which I'm sure is like the process for other people. Cause there's like, you go from website to email and now I got a call. And then like, that's just way too much friction, yeah. you know, yeah. for it. So, so schedule engine also what offers. What was the why you didn't call them back? That's That would be my question to you. And, and to most people out there is, you know, when you do those and you have those interactions where you realize you pivot, why do you do mm-hmm. it? And, and nine times out of 10, it comes back to that experience you had with that company. Yeah. And what, what's crazy is that, you know, for me to go find another company required me to get back on the internet and search again, which I could have just taken that opportunity to just call. But it was like, at that point, I was actively <laughs> trying to not use them because they, I was annoyed by this this really tough experience that like I had to work so hard to get them to come help me. Yeah. It should be easy. It should be convenient. And there are, there are things like that where um, there's always some of those, not in a negative way, but there, there are some of those things that can just feel transactional. And sometimes for people that's, you know, booking an appointment or having somebody come out to their home, Mm -hmm. others it may not be, but, but there's those people that just want that efficient, efficient portion of it. And not only again on the efficiency side for customers, but, for the contractor themselves. If you could hand a CSR five book jobs versus 20 pieces of paper, which one are they going to choose? 
Yeah. And that's when it comes down to like knowing your numbers and knowing your KPIs as well. Cause yeah. like, especially like a pest control company, you know, versus an HVAC company, like an HVAC company, you're getting, you're typically, you're getting higher ticket jobs, same with plumbing or even electrical for that matter. Um, versus like a, you know, like a pest control company where it's smaller cost for the, you know, the appointment, uh, but it's more frequent. It's like every 21 days or once a month. So there's, for companies like that, and I know this is not the smart pest control marketing podcast. This is the smart HVAC marketing <laughs> podcast. Uh, but this kind of a, so. this can apply to HVAC <laughs> as well if you have like service agreements or, mm-hmm. or maintenance plan. Just understanding the lifetime value of a customer, and then knowing that, you know, if you're making them hop through all these hoops to get on your books, you're gonna you're gonna lose whatever that that revenue is. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's there, there is a connection um, on that sort of PM note as, as a marketer. I'm sure you, you'd find it cool. And you mentioned measuring KPIs and it, it all does tie back to that. And we found that a lot of contractors leverage Schedule Engine to take not only that outbound call volume off their CSRs, but like you said, create less friction. Um, mm-hmm. Lately, we've had customers, ton of them, actually, probably almost every single one I can think of that I've talked to over the past six months, um, leverage QR codes. You know, they'll, they'll be sending a direct mailer or their marketing marketing team is planning quarterly or, you know, twice a year postcards they're sending. And on that, there's always these CTAs that's, you know, call now to book your maintenance or call now to schedule with us. And you give them a call to action, but it's not as simple as pulling out your phone, scanning the code and being launched right into book your appointment. It's mm-hmm. now I have to call and hope I get a hold of them. Maybe it's 10 o'clock at night and I'm just now getting time to do this. And I know they're going to call me back the next day. It's it's that ping pong in the back and forth. And so, um, well, well, the immediate pest control thing is, is still still relevant, absolutely, in the, in the context of home services. When we think about service agreements and, and how to streamline that, those are customers you know need to get on your board. And yeah. so if you have a solution that can let people book their demand jobs, why not use it when you're blasting something out to 2,000 of your maintenance customers who you know you need to book and we all come down to that same that same challenge every year. Like I said, it's hot at the end of August. Shoulder season is right around the corner, and then it's going to be winter again. So um, yeah. leveraging that kind of sweet spot in between and, and being able to, to take that off of teams. Um, and it, it doesn't really have to be complicated at all, whether it's, like I said, a QR code or we had a client who sent an email and just linked Schedule Engine and booked almost three or 400 appointments in one email they sent. And so um, being able to tie that all back to it and, and have that secondary hey, now we're taking outbound call volume off our CSRs, really just streamlines the whole process from start to finish, even in those shoulder season kind of slower times that contractors feel like they have quite a bit of time. It always always catches up to us. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, you just you just said something that, that really piqued my interest, and that was the schedule service or like the, the CTAs that people use. So this is something that I've been like super like invested in recently in regards to like website design. Yeah. Um, because like I, I notice on a lot of websites, they'll say schedule service or book online or any of this stuff. And you click it, it takes you to a contact form. And I'm like, why did that CTA say schedule service if I'm just going to go to a contact form and then give them my information and then they're going to call me and then I'm going to schedule service? Like, why didn't it just say contact us or like, you know, request more information or something? So uh, what are some good CTAs that you all um, – see over at, at schedule engine land, uh, that, <laughs> that contractors are getting a lot of success with, uh, and are helping increase their conversion rates. Yeah. Um, I, I would absolutely agree with you. They, they probably put book now or schedule service and divert to a contact form because it feels like a little bit of a bait and switch from a, a customer standpoint, but t- for them, that, that's what it means. You know, if you want to reach out to us book now, 
submit an inquiry, we'll follow up. Um, in terms of that CTA, um, I always suggest, you know, like you mentioned, the hard CTAs that have that end result. It's the book now schedule service. Um, shine away from those requests because request and book read very differently in consumer mm -hmm. When you click book appointment or schedule appointment, you know when you click into that, you're going to get to get a booked appointment or go through the scheduling process and end up with that appointment versus requesting feels like you're throwing it out there and you hope somebody catches it. Um, yeah. which is a, a, again, another point of friction that we want to try to, to mitigate. So, um, those very clear, just hard CTAs of the book now schedule service, um, are, are probably the two I would say are the most common, um, book service also just those, those two kind of front runners, I would say in terms of what you follow, you know, what you say, appointment service, whatever that may be. Um, but really hitting home that you can book or you can schedule it reads really differently and is digested yeah. consumers than a request or a contact us, you know, um, people could contact you because they have a question on billing or, you know, if you're hiring, which mm -hmm. is a whole other avenue and that, that deserves a, you know, one-on-one -on -one conversation a little bit more. Um, always a lot more information maybe to capture through that, but the people who want to book, they're looking for it. They're scanning that site to see where they can just click and go right through it. And that's what they're going to click every time. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So like when you, when you say like request information or request service, it's like you're, you're asking them to do something for you versus saying book now or schedule service. Like you're empowering them. You're almost suggesting like, this is what you need to do. Or like you're almost, I'm not gonna say you're telling them what to do. Um, but like you're, you're more or less, you're empowering the user to actually achieve what they showed up to the website to do. You know, they want to schedule the service because their AC is out and they want it back on versus yeah. like, Oh, let's request more information. Here's a here's a big text box, and you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna have no clue about how condensers work or yep. how capacitors work, um, but we do, and we hope that you understand it as well. <laughs> yeah, and I think I mean even as a consumer standpoint, when I when I do it, like that's how I choose companies. If if you make me fill out a request form, I don't do it because you you never hear back from them, or it's not that end result. You know, you're gonna submit it, and you have to kind of keep searching around there. Everybody hits submit on those forms. And it, I, I swear just is like, okay, well now what, like what happens? What do I do? And I think when customers are seeking out to book something or they're looking to have that issue resolved, they're really ready to book when they're coming to your site and they're looking to book when you, they see that button, they're going to do it. Whereas when you ask them to request it, it almost seems like they're giving you information and now they have to wait and they're on your timeline, which as everybody knows now, customer experience is the number one reason people likely choose mm -hmm. to do this with companies they do. So as a customer, how good does that feel? You submit it and now you're on that you're on that contractor's time or that business's time when your time is equally as valuable. Um, you can't get more of it. So Yeah. Yeah, I like I like the ability to be able to schedule. I know I've I've said this a million times, but it's just so much nicer to be able to pick when you let them like when they're gonna come to your house versus them being like, oh, we got tomorrow at nine available. Well, now I have to, as a consumer, now I have to make sure that I'm available. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to be late to work because I have to wait for this HVAC guy to come, you know, get my thermostat working again. So it's, it's a lot more powerful for me as a, as a consumer, as a user to be able to choose like what's convenient for yeah. me. So yes, I don't know. I, I just think that's really cool. Um, yeah. And I'm glad that there's a tool out there like this for contractors. So yeah. in regards to like contractors using this, like what are some, yeah. some good like success stories um, or like some, I guess some common return on investments that contractors yeah. typically see from it. Cause I'm sure that's uh, the next question in their mind if they're listening yeah. right now. 
Absolutely. So um, I could talk success stories all day long, um, but but obviously there's there's different contractors who do different things. Like I mentioned, those fun QR codes or those emails. But um, for frame of reference across our, our entire contractor base, what our average contractor sees is that about first month or two, 20 to 30% of their total call volume pivots to schedule engine. So right off the bat, their CSRs are getting all this time back in their day to, like we talked about earlier, focus on those one-on-one conversations and those other aspects of the business that really cannot be automated. Um, another huge pain point is that after hours piece. And so mm-hmm. about 40 to 50% of what we see come through is after hours. And so CSRs aren't walking into a bunch of cold leads or, or warm leads that they now have to find slots in their day to call and convert. They can walk into booked appointments on their board, just waiting to assign to their guys that are headed out that day. Um, and from your aspect, you know, you spend, you work with all of your clients driving the traffic, trying to get brand awareness and build, really build that brand for every contractor. And, mm-hmm. um, knowing that there's people moving to new spots, there's younger homeowners now, um, average contractors see about 30 to 40% of what comes through be with net new customers. So, you know, it's sort of that in a customer's mind, that initial pivot of if I go to a site and I can't do business the way I want to, I'm moving on to the next one. Um, those contractors now are that, that one-stop shop. They're the go-to in that customer's mind every time, because that's what they remember. They remember, Oh, I, had a broken AC and I went to, you know, John's HVAC and I could book online for Tuesday at four o'clock when I knew I was going to be home and I didn't have to worry about it after that. So um, I I would say across the board, um, that's, that's kind of the average pivot we see in terms of the business functions. But um, my my favorite, I would say case study has to come back to that QR code one because it was a client of mine out in Ohio um, only uses us for preventative maintenance. They have such a big book of business and so she got really creative. She put it on a QR code and said, Alyssa, we literally plastered this everywhere. We put it on a mailer we were going to send. We have it on the backside of all of our trucks now so people can scan it. Oh, wow. And in a matter of a week, they booked almost 100 of their maintenance appointments. And they have one CSR that's going back and forth. And so for her, that was almost an entire day's worth of work that she got back just because she didn't have to sit and play phone tag or try to find those those pockets in her day to to pick up the phone and maybe leave five voicemails to a customer she's been calling all week. So um, I think the best part about it was it just had a subject line that said it worked and uh, yeah. we opened it and, it and it was a success story that we shared with our other contractors. And that's, um, you know, one, one thing that's really big for us is always sharing those knowing mm-hmm. this can be newer and there's that education when it comes to customers knowing that they can now do this. They're not used to it sometimes. So always sharing those from our end of, of what's working, what other contractors are doing and making sure that, they can position it in a way that makes sense for their business, but also if there's other things contractors are doing that are successful, why not, uh, why not leverage it as well? So, yeah. yeah. Poor QR codes. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like we've really just like, as a world, like just in general, yeah, we really, uh, we really didn't treat them with the, re- the respect that they deserved no. the first time around. They didn't. Such I a good idea. If you showed somebody this six years ago, probably myself included, the first reaction is like, one, what is that? And two, I have to download an app. There's no way. I'm not going to do it. And yeah. now it's, uh, it's kind of comical how those little things are brought back. And, you know, I, I joked, my dad came to Chicago and he's like, I can scan this. I'm like, I would hope so. It's been two years since they've been out in the world. So I hope you learned how to use it. But yeah, uh, they're everywhere. So it's, you know, it makes sense. But it's that again, that kind of shift in what the consumers are doing that people have been able to capitalize on no matter what the industry is. So um, yeah. I would say it's a, it got the silver lining. They, they came back and uh, there's a lot of different uses for them now when before they were just to open a random web page or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now QR codes are like, I feel like they came back, they came back like they were, they were a little upset the first time. They, they, they went yeah. silent and like hustled and then exactly. they're back. 
Came back to vengeance. Yeah, yeah, that's you right. can't pay a bill. You can't look at a menu. You can't get you can't do anything now. unless you scan it. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Yeah. It's People hilarious. Get creative. They're different shapes now. I'm like, okay, I didn't know this could be a circle or like a weird line. And you just hold it up and something automatically launches every time. So, yeah, I saw a QR code on a TV commercial the other night. Like it was just, it was on the bottom, yeah. like the lower third of the screen. And I was like, is that a QR code? Like, how am I supposed to scan that? And then in they're like the last five seconds of the ad. It just like the entire screen was a QR code. And I was like, wow, that almost actually I scanned it. Cause I wanted to see if it worked. Yeah. Uh, it worked. And I was like, I wonder if they get anything off of that, but. Yeah, we've actually had quite a few contractors that have done that on um, when they run commercials or I know everybody has streaming platforms now, so you can pause it and then scan it, which helps a little bit. But mm-hmm. um, we've had quite a few contractors that have leveraged it on commercials or quick TV ads. And, you know, it's it's highlighting how their customers can book online now. And they, they use the verbiage and the narrative of click now to book online, easily scan this QR mm-hmm. code. And so they're they're getting more comfortable bringing it into those conversations, knowing it's something that people have their eyes peeled for and they understand how to use it because they do it across probably, I would say most, most people probably do it across half of their other businesses. They do, uh, they do business with something yeah. easy, online automated. Uh, there's always that piece that they can, they can do that. And then, then you leave the rest of the internal teams so they can uh, get all the guys where they need to be and, and do what they do best. That's right. I love QR codes. They're like the first thing that, I mean, there's, there's always been other like vanity ways of tracking traditional advertising like you know vanity urls vanity phone numbers like forwarding numbers all that stuff but like qr codes are the first thing that i that i know of are really are the first ones that you can actually like attach a utm code to and track your print ads in google analytics or wherever you track your stuff at um so i know this is a smart hvac marketing podcast so every once in a while i have to <laughs> drop some some marketing knowledge to make sure that we stay on topic so if you're using qr codes make sure that you use UTM codes on the back end of it or else you will never know where they got skinned from. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's people like you that help our clients every day. In addition to our team, you know, know where their business is coming from. You can, no matter what platform you're using, you can want to use it all day long, but if you're not getting a return on investment with it, then what good is it doing? And also how do you find that out unless you're able to track it? So um, we definitely make sure you can do that, whether it's, you know, integrating Google analytics or what other kind of additional softwares you're using as a, a marketer who helps contractors as well always wanted to make sure you guys have visibility into that. So the more we know, the more we can do and understanding where they're coming from and what they're clicking can change a lot. Yeah. So do you all have, uh, like, I, I know that you integrate with service Titan, yeah. um, but like service Titan, you can, you can do a ton of tracking in. Like I, I track stuff like crazy in service Titan. I've become like a little service Titan whiz over here. <laughs> um, when it comes to like tracking and convert, like when people convert and get booked, like tracking it and attributing it to the right campaign, so are you guys like, do you have a way of tracking in service Titan? So like the second that they book, it already goes into service Titan that it came from schedule engine or does someone have to manually assign that? Good question. So um, obviously depending on how contractors are using it, it varies a little bit, but if there's any campaigns they're running through service Titan or marketing pro um, that email, one I mentioned earlier, they, they did that through service Titan. It was an email through marketing pro. They put the link in there the link behind that call to action had a different UTM source, a different UTM campaign than, you know, their pay-per-clicks or whatever that would be. So um, all ties back to that. So if you're creating those campaigns and schedule engine is going to be part of it, you're able to tie that back and track it. Yeah. So you all also have a chat widget as well, right? We do. Yes. So uh, I would say one differentiator with the chat that you called out earlier, there's, there's two, Um, but you had mentioned you chatted and then, 
they emailed you and said, okay, mm-hmm. call us. Um, most chats are, are, are typically built that way. If mm-hmm. the contractor doesn't have to manage it themselves, then there's some external agency doing it. And our team that's behind it is industry trained. They're only working for schedule engine clients. So they're not, you know, bopping from maybe a hair salon's web chat to Target's web chat to trying to talk to somebody about an HVAC system. <laughs> so um, they're always knowledgeable. They're always leading with empathy and then they're, they're well attuned to the industry. But the, the key piece there, especially when we talk about attribution and conversion is the scheduler integrates into our chat. So the chat you mentioned you had, you know, you told them about their issue, your name, your contact info. They said someone will follow up. They sent you an email asking you to follow up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that were schedule engine on the other end, um, that conversation that our agents are having, if it's a general question, they'll be there to support, be that front line, get the contractor what they need in terms of what they need to follow up on with the customer. If that customer wants to book, least points of friction, the better. Instead of making them hop out and book on their own, we actually can pull those very same questions into that conversation. So while the customer may have said, hey, you know, I have a question. I don't feel comfortable pressing book now. Mm-hmm. Through either avenue, they can get that same result. Um, our agents will pull those questions in. The calendar view populates. They can select their day and their time. And those jobs flow right back to the contractor too. So when we think about why most people chat, it's because they don't want to pick up the phone and call. Or maybe they have tried calling and they got put on hold. So mm-hmm. the second best way is to go through chat. And usually that kind of just puts people at the back of the line because there's no immediate conversion that can happen. And with Schedule Engine, it can happen right in that conversation. So those yeah. contractors, again, even through that avenue, walk into to booked appointments versus people who wanted to book and uh, couldn't. Yeah. So do you all do you all see that more people convert through chat versus the scheduler uh, or the other way around? Um, transparently, I would say that that probably not probably that that is really influential on the top of the funnel. So based on you know contractors say, hey, if we have chat, how many chats can we expect and that's really where, where you guys come in. You know, how much traffic is being driven to the site? What types of traffic are being driven to the site? Um, obviously, if you, you launch an ad that says you can book online now and there's more people on the site, there's more opportunity to chat there. Um, times of the year as well, you know, phones are ringing off the hooks. Nobody can get a hold of somebody and they want to just talk. They don't need to book. A little bit more usage of chat in those scenarios because mm-hmm. maybe the customer doesn't want to book. So um, I, I would say from a hard numbers perspective, I, I don't have transparency into that um, in terms of, hard one. I can check with our customer success team, but all of that typically comes back to what are we driving? You know, how much yeah. traffic is there and why are they there? Is it because we gave them a, a CTA to book now, or did we just launch a general ad and people are on our site to find out a little bit more information and might have a, a question they want to ask. So um, yeah. the married of the minds. And, and that's where we're really working with teams like you who understand contractors base that they have specifically. And, you know, who, who've been looking at all the stats and, and have insight into terms of those campaigns and what we're running, who we're targeting, what we're actually asking them to do all really ties into what happens when they get on the site. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like chat widgets are mainly for questions versus, you know, the hard, the hard CTA schedule now, book now, call now, give us your money, all that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and there are customers that, you know, there, there's really power to having true people behind it. Um, we had a scenario, even when um, the whole pandemic happened where a gentleman chatted, he wanted to book, but he was going through an illness and he needed to let this contractor know, you can't just walk into my house. And so his intention was to book. He chatted with our agent because he didn't know that if he went through the book now, there was spots to input information, but he was able to talk to her and say, Hey, you know, I need you to take these precautions. 
you know, I, I'm dealing with this illness. I, I can't get the virus. I, I need to know what they're doing so that I feel comfortable with you walking in and having a live agent there to be able to facilitate, lead that with empathy, still get that booked appointment, but be able to not only give the customer that peace of mind, but also the contractor of saying, Hey, you know, we talked to this gentleman. Here's, here's some precautions we need to take. When you walk into that home, we want to make sure it's the best experience possible. So um, the types of scenarios too, you know, that customer is just like, great, it's maintenance, let's book it. That's very different than someone who might just have a couple questions before they feel comfortable actually booking. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Are, I mean, is there a, an option on the scheduling tool to like have a field for additional thoughts or questions about something? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the front end flow is kind of those questions most contractors typically ask, you know, HVAC, plumbing, no heat, no cool, whatever that may be. But prior to them actually booking their appointment, they always have the option to upload photos and videos. And then there's always an open text box. So they have the option to input additional things if the contractor didn't ask. And then the photos and videos piece really helps provide additional context. If there's something that's wrong with the unit, if there's a red light flashing and they don't know what it means, um, really allows them to kind of give the contractor a peek behind the curtains before they even book that appointment. So again, they can feel comfortable saying, Hey, you're coming into my home. Here's what I'm dealing with. Not yeah. how do I input everything that's going on when I don't necessarily know what's going on in this text box and have the confidence that they're going to have what they need to come out. So, yeah, that, that's, that's really cool because like, I think I'd saw on one where you can even like upload pictures and like, that's pretty helpful. Cause like you said, if there's like a, a weird flashing light or like, if there's a common error code on a thermostat and Traditionally, they fill out the contact form saying, my AC doesn't work. Um, but what's happened is like, I don't know, something, there's a short or something and their thermostat flickered and now they have to reset it. But they don't know that. They just know their AC doesn't work. Well, now they're sending a service tech- technician out there, you know, build at whatever his hourly rate is, yeah. plus all your overhead expenses. So now you're, you know, you got to do your your DX fee or diagnostic fee or whatever they call it. And then... Um, so now you're, you know, you're going to this house, you're wasting an hour or two just for them to find out, oh, he's got to reset your thermostat or yeah. whatever it is. <laughs> if you have that picture there, then the, I mean, yeah, you're losing a little, you know, revenue opportunity, I guess, to not get inside the, the door. But like from a customer experience standpoint and from a customer service standpoint, it makes you look way better to be like, hey, look, you're, you don't actually have a problem. You just got to, you know, go reset your breaker or whatever it is that you don't have to actually schedule a whole appointment. Yeah. No. And that's, that's a a great use case for it. A lot of our contractors have been scenarios like that where, you know, somebody uploads a photo and they can call and say, Hey, try this. And it gets resolved. And um, to your point, you know, maybe at the time it may seem like, Oh, we're losing out on a diagnostic fee or getting in that home and being able to scope things out as a customer. If I got that phone call and you saved me two hours in my day and a $150 diagnostic fee, you're the first person I'm going to call when I need a new AC or the mm-hmm. first person I'm going to go back to when something's really broken in my home. So um, customers remember that. I think it's it, it ties back to kind of building that brand and then what what really drives that. And a lot of that is tying back to the customer experience. So I, I can almost guarantee if I went back and talked to those contractors that maybe said, hey, reset your thermostat, there's a likelihood they've been back in that, that uh, customer's home maybe multiple times or at least even, you know, always word of mouth in terms of our industries is a good, uh, good, good reason to say, go use those guys. And, you know, maybe if that person didn't, two or three other people did just from that simple interaction. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, we're beginning to wrap up here, uh, before we start doing these closing thoughts, I want to make sure I haven't missed anything. So 
Are there any additional features or benefits uh, of Schedule Engine that I have missed? Yeah. Um, one last piece uh, to bring the whole Schedule Engine trifecta under one umbrella. Um, we do have a live answering service as well. So knowing that call volume is always really high for contractors, we can take some of it off and skim a little bit of the top with that online scheduler and the chat. But there's always going to be those people that need support after hours. So mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, hey, I don't have anybody from 5 to 7 a.m. or during busy season, we need some assistance during the day, too. We do have an industry trained answering service so contractors can leverage that. And it's kind of like the faucet they turn on when they need it. So knowing their needs may vary based on contractor and time of year. They always have that in their back pocket. Yeah, that's something that I hear a lot of problems with is the companies that offer 24-7 emergency service and then their on-call technician falls asleep and it's, <laughs> it's 2 a.m. and the phones are all rolling over to his cell phone and he's sleeping. Yeah. And then I've seen it happen before. And then the next day you're getting messages on the website, you're getting Google reviews or like, yeah. uh, or you're getting comments on Facebook posts and they're like, you don't actually do 24-7 emergency service. We called you and you didn't answer. Yeah. Um, so that's really cool. So I guess... You know, with I guess without us having to dive in too much into it, yeah. How does uh, how does that full process work with the uh, with the virtual receptionist? Yeah. So um, all of our contractors have that core solution of booking on it because our agents use it. Um, similar to chat, to be honest, there's always those two multiple types of scenarios that can happen. Somebody who calls because they got a bill or they have a question on maybe an invoice that you sent them after the tech was in the home, and then there's that booking side of it. And if there's those scenarios or um, kind of general inquiries that are truly better suited for the contractor or their team to follow up on, we always get those right back into their hands so they can make that personal touch, continue to build that relationship. But the key piece is a lot of people, even if they do want to pick up the phone, sometimes they'll call at seven o'clock. They just want to book a maintenance. They want to get on the schedule. Their, their day is finally almost over with, and they're just now getting to it. So the kind of similar to chat, uh, the big difference there is we can leverage a backend version of that scheduler and book those jobs right for the contractor. So they have a similar conversation as to what their CSR would have. We're asking those questions that they would go through if they went through on the scheduler themselves. And we're getting that and converting that customer right then and there versus saying, hey, you've reached, you know, they're answering service. We're only going to ever hand that contractor back leads and they got to do the work. We're going to do as much work on the front end as we can when it comes to converting that. And if that customer wants to book, they're going to be on that board. What the contractor is following up on are those one-off scenarios and those high touch scenarios that their team has better insight into handling. So, yeah. So, so how does that work if they get a question that's like way too difficult for them to answer, like in the weird, I guess, in the scenario that that actually happens? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, our, our partnerships with all of our contractors are just that, you know, we can, I don't want to say script things as much as we can. We can have as much knowledge in our back pocket and we can work with that contractor to build out, you know, they're going to have the industry knowledge and, and based on your processes, here's how we can, create the best solution possible, but there's always going to be those one-offs. And for us, it's really important that when those questions happen, the agents are transparent and they answer them to best of their abilities. And then we have that conversation with the contractor. Hey, you know, we've gotten this question twice. Is there something that we should be communicating or is there a different way you'd like us to handle this? Nothing's perfect ever. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's really a marrying of the minds and, and really true partnerships with our contractors to make sure that we're handling those in the way that makes the most sense for not just the customer and what they want in the time, but also what that contract really wants to accomplish too. So yeah. uh, those are always noted and, and they have visibility into those conversations. So as those arise, there's something that we addressed immediately versus 
two months from now saying, hey, these people keep asking this question and we just don't know what to say. You know, doesn't yeah. do any good if you don't fix it right away. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think uh, we're about to wrap up here. Alyssa, this has been an awesome episode. Yes, um, cool. Thank you so everyone much for listening. This was Alyssa's first ever podcast appearance. Yeah, I can check that off the bucket list. So. That's right. <laughs> you, you did great. This has been an awesome episode. So, um, you know, before we wrap up, I tend to, I like to ask our, our guests what's uh, a good way to get in touch and learn more about the tool. And then also, is there any, I guess, where can they go to sign up and, uh, yeah. and learn more? Yeah, great question. So I would love to have a conversation with any of you interested, even if you just want to go back and forth. Uh, got some questions. We're here for you. So you can find us at schedulengine.com. Um, you can do a little digging there, book a demo directly from the site. We're on LinkedIn, Facebook, um, Twitter. If you want to follow us there as well. You can kind of keep up with some of the fun of what we're doing over here. And you can also email me directly. So Alyssa at schedulengine.com. I'm happy to have a conversation or, or block off some time with anybody who's interested in learning a little bit more. Awesome. Well, Alyssa, I appreciate you uh, joining me on the podcast today. It's been a great episode. I hope that our listeners out there have learned a thing or two uh, about marketing and are considering uh, Schedule Engine the next time they are looking to up their customer experience. And if you're going to be at Service World, you can... I know Nita is going to be excited about this. Nita, our top fan, um, said, woohoo, Service World Expo. Yeah. Nita's the best. She's our top fan um, on Facebook. Probably Love number it. one fan in general. Um, <laughs> well, hopefully we get to meet at Service World, Nita. Yep. Hopefully, yep. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. We'll be at Service World. Rival Digital will be. Um, and Schedule Engine will also be at Service World. So there's two birds, one stone. Yeah. Um, come get, come learn more about your marketing. Come learn more about um, Schedule Engine and all that good stuff. And um, yeah, so thanks for tuning in to another episode, everybody. Uh, until next time, I hope that you all stay safe out there and enjoy the last few weeks of summer before the shoulder season shows up. So take care, everyone. We will talk to you soon.